Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 66 of the Citrix Session. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. Yeah, that's right, 66. And honestly, I had a conversation with um, some Citrix folks this morning. We really probably need to start doing two of these a week. There's just so much content. It, Bill, you, you see the Citrix blogs coming at us, right? There's just a, like I can't I can't pick and choose enough of them. I want to do them all. No, I saw you. I saw you sent out I think three requests this morning. So yeah, there's a they do keep coming out frequently. I'm gonna have to make uh, Citrix podcasting my full time job someday. <laughs> so Bill Sutton, that's the voice of Bill Sutton. Bill is our director of services. Bill, you're busy, right? Things are pick, picking up. Things have picked up, yes. Um, so yeah, we and we've got a lot in the pipeline. So it's looking good right now, both both across across ADC as well as CVAD and CVAD service. A lot of CVAD service. Is it people picking up projects that they were already planning to do before? Or is it people picking up projects that they needed to do coming out of the pandemic? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. But if I were to analyze them, I think a lot of it is picking up projects uh, coming out of the pandemic. Uh, there are a few that are related to the pandemic, but I think most of them are just projects that they intended to do before. Um, that they decided to do now, uh, with the, some exceptions. You know, we've got a couple of them that are leveraging Windows 10 multi-session. So uh, customers that are trying to leverage the WVD backend, if you will. Um, I think mm -hmm. that's just because it's new and it pre presents some um, some advantages. Uh, and, and a lot of customers wanting to go to the cloud. That's another yeah. big you know, part yeah. of it. Yeah. Well, we got with us uh, Ben Rogers as well. Ben is our local sales engineer here and is one of our co-hosts and has added a, a lot of... Um, um, value to our, our podcast we've been doing here. Ben, how's it going? I'm doing well today, Andy. I'm really excited to hear about this podcast today. Now, Bill, I do have a question for you in regard to what Andy was just talking about. For customers that are starting to initiate projects, has the pandemic changed those projects in any way or put a spin on those projects that they're having to react to? I think it, yes, to a small degree. I think uh, customers are are opening it up to more use cases than they did historically, and and lever and using it as a means to leverage it for work from home. You know, a lot of customers didn't have the infrastructure or the setup to work from home when they had to back in March of last year. So they were doing VPN and other things, other ways. You know, VPN with RDP to a desktop or or to a uh, you know a quick standup of terminal server. So I think we're seeing some that are. Uh, that are leverage are expanding the what they would have originally done um, based on the quantity of users they need to allow to work remotely. And, and also uh, another thing that I've heard repeatedly is we want to leverage Azure because or the cloud because of the ability to scale up and scale down as we need to. Um, if we have, you know, for some reason we have we, we bring them back to the office and there's an issue and they have to all go back home, we can easily scale up and scale down without having to pre buy a lot of hardware. Yeah, that's interesting. Like what, what I've seen in, in, you know, being dedicated to healthcare in the last couple of weeks is that healthcare is waking up to cloud, but I think it's more of a, they don't see, they see the pandemic is like cloud being able to sink its tie lines into the industry. And now they realize that they're going to have to participate in it. And they're starting to see it come in a SaaS format, but we actually have, you know, some cloud customers asking us about using it as DR. Could they possibly air gap their DR because ransomware is on the rise? So it's just interesting that I'm, I'm seeing the same thing on my end. I see projects kicking up, but I see projects that were old that are now coming back to the forefront because people are waking up that they have a spin that the pandemic's put on them. Yeah. And it's interesting to see how customers are rethinking their solutions 
as we start to get back to some type of normalcy and we start to look at bringing employees back in. And you can also see this happening in society as the vaccine starts to become more prevalent. You start to see kind of like spring, man, the world's starting to wake up a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And Ben, I was going to come back around and point out your healthcare thing. So Ben's taking on a additional role. I don't know about additional role, right? Where you're also a healthcare sales engineer for Citrix because you have that healthcare background and you also have an extensive Citrix background before and while you're at Citrix. Uh, that's, that's an exciting part of uh, your new world here in 2021, right? It is. It is. And I'm very, I'm very grateful for Citrix for giving me the opportunity. I think one of the things that Citrix is looking at right now is historically we've had, you know, physical people in physical territories. And with the pandemic, us being at home, that's kind of changed the equation a little bit. So uh, I, I see this being a little bit of leap of faith on Citrix's part to take people that have dedicated their careers to healthcare and kind of put them together and see if we can move, you know, healthcare forward. And, and uh, we see some people willing to talk about it, some people willing to kind of test it. Uh, really, they want to see what the bottom line is going to be and if it brings any value to their situation. So, uh, you know, it's it's all in the process. So, Ben, we're going to move on to the uh, topic here in a second. But you said something interesting that I started to respond to, and then you then you did it anyway, which was great. You mentioned the cloud, which is really the clouds, and then you talked specifically about um, different types of clouds, and you, and you brought it to SaaS which is what everybody, and Monica is going to talk about here in a minute, a little bit, I think. Um, SaaS, you got SaaS, you got PaaS, and you got IaaS. The cloud is really clouds, and there's lots of different ways that uh, customers are going to start adopting it. And a lot of people just by default think IaaS. Uh, but I think, I think that's a good way to, to go into the podcast or the blog we have here. Monica Grismer, Monica, how's it going? Yes, going well. Thank you for having me here today. So, Monica, did I get the last name right? It's been a couple months since you've been on. Yes, Monica Grismer. So, no, good work. Okay. It's a difficult one. Well, I, 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 in my head, I knew it. And then when I looked at it, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I pronounced that right. But, Monica, <laughs> right. What's your, what, remind us what your title at Citrix is. Absolutely. So, I am in product marketing for Citrix virtual apps and desktops at a high level. But every time that I've been on the podcast, and thank you for continuing to have me back, I put a different hat on. So I've been here for CVAD, I've been here for Citrix Hypervisor, and now I'm here to talk a little bit more about today our Chrome Enterprise and Google partnership. So it's mm -hmm. really great to hear about, you say clouds, plural, right? The idea of moving to the cloud. And as Bill and Ben and all of you were saying before, the pandemic has really changed priorities of companies and things that they think would happen in five years are now happening right now so it's exciting times and i think google is a great example of clouds and the different platforms right because so, okay so first of all your your blog is called citrix workspace is now chrome enterprise ready and really what that means is your partnership with google and your google ready um but are we in this case are we talking about google the operating system or the chromebooks which they just purchased everywhere are we talking about the workspace app are we talking about SaaS? Are we talking about GCP? Uh, there's so many different elements of where Citrix makes sense in a Google world. So, so why don't you just start us off by talking about your introductory here and what you're covering in the intro section of the blog. Absolutely. So the answer to a lot of your initial question is yes, but specifically today we're talking about Chrome Enterprise. So that encapsulates the Chrome browser 
the Chrome devices, which now not only include Chromebooks, but also Chrome boxes, Chrome bases, tablets, all of the devices in the Chrome universe. So this can, can blog I pause was, you there real quick? Please. Can I pause you there real quick? Are, are you familiar with the Neverware acquisition? Um, I actually don't think I saw that one. So if you want to unpack it a bit, please do. So Neverware is like, a, that's like awesome for Citrix. Neverware is an operating system company that uh, took Google Chrome operating system and made it the operating system that decoupled it from devices. So just like you can install Windows on any x86, now there's um, um, Neverware, uh, Chrome, um, Neverware Cloud Ready, which is an operating system for devices that is Google Linux based. So now instead of talking about Chrome boxes and Chrome books and things like that, you can talk about anything x86 because you can now put the Chrome operating system on any x86 platform, which creates a whole new platform or a whole new um, spectrum of devices, uh, old and new, that, that can now be a great fit for Google and Citrix. Absolutely. No, thank you for adding that color as well. So. Yeah, every day we are expanding the capabilities of Citrix and Google, not only now it sounds on Google devices, but what we kind of got into is the program is called Chrome Enterprise Recommended. So that's a specific partner program created by Google to have a literal physical stamp of approval from specific um, organizations. So Citrix is one of only two virtualization solutions that have this stamp of approval, this badge, and we have that on our Workspace app client specifically, I know today. So it's a tangible and physical representation of our commitment to continue to um, continue our partnership with Google, continue to innovate on top of Chrome OS, and just really excited to be in this journey. So how I got well, in this spot, I, yeah, continue, please. I can talk all day. Well, so. No, 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 this is great. It's what we want you to do. I, I will make a comment and then I'll let Ben and uh, Bill chime in real quick too. Please. I've been following the Google Citrix world for about two years now and it's actually an interesting, um, it's an interesting partnership because Google in theory would rather see everything turn into a SaaS application so that they could own it end to end. But the reality of the world that we live in and probably for the rest of my career and Ben's career and Bill's career, I don't know about yours, uh, there will be a need for Windows applications, including the desktop, to work inside a Google ecosystem. And that's where Citrix shows up as the killer way to do that. So it's not, it's, it's an interesting dance between the two. They, they need mm -hmm. each other and they really do partner with each other and they've embraced that partnership. Um, but it's not like the Microsoft relationship where it's a no brainer. There's a little bit of each of them playing on the other's turf, but for the betterment of the enterprise use cases, they've, they've come to a partnership where they can work within each other. Bill, you want to comment on that? You're on mute, Bill. I was really just going to agree with you. Uh, I, you know, I've, we both worked with Google for a, a good a good bit of time, back, going back to uh, that uh, that Synergy uh, hands-on lab that we where we got we got each got our own Chromebook uh, out of the deal and uh, learned how to use the whole Google Enterprise framework for managing devices, which has of course expanded since then. So. Sounds like this is just taking it to the next to the next level from the standpoint of the partnership. Would that be accurate, Monica? Yes, totally agree. And I appreciate you bringing that up, Andy. the The relationship with Citrix and Google is most definitely we're building upon, we're innovating with them, we work incredibly closely with them. 
but the the Citrix pitch is still the Citrix pitch. It's the hybrid story. It's you probably have homegrown applications that you need to deploy as well as your Google Workspace, which was formerly G Suite, or as well as your SaaS applications. And the value holds true throughout every step of this partnership. It's just enhancing that tie together while still getting all of the value of your Citrix workspace. You know, I'll, I'll bring this uh, full circle real quick. I've been using a Google Chromebox, really a Neverwhere device, for about six months now. I'm using it right now to record this podcast. I'm, I'm literally living in the Google ecosystem. If you can see on the screen behind me, there's a, an LG device hooked up to a big screen monitor. That's running Google Chrome operating system, which is really Linux, but the Google Chrome version of it. Ben, are you starting to see some, uh, some more and more Google conversations coming into your commercial and healthcare conversations? Uh, healthcare, not so much. Where I am seeing Google take a big ploy is in education, man. You see uh, the Google class in education, and you're also starting to see, you know, uh, Chromebooks take a big, big stab. You know, I just had to buy a Chromebook for my son. Now, I wish I would have known about Neverwhere, because what I would have probably done is taken one of my old laptops and put Chrome on it and, and built my own Chromebook. So I think that's a spot that healthcare might have some interest in, is being able to go with the Chrome OS on the endpoint being managed by Citrix CEM. And so I would really like to hear a little bit more about that. I'm thrilled that we're one of the only two, uh, only one of two vendors that have this certification, but I think there's a lot of room for growth there inside of industries where you go to them and go, I've got a really cheap OS. We can do it on really cheap hardware. We've got a stellar endpoint management project, uh, product that can overlay that and manage that for you from nuts to bolts. Uh, so I, I'm really jazzed to hear a little bit more about that and where we're going in that regard. So, so before we jump into that, I want to just want to say one thing for our audience, for you guys. I'm going to send you guys a link, computersforcommunity.org. That's a nonprofit I've started just to take old machines and repurpose them with the Google operating system and give them to other nonprofits. There's an estimate there's 6 million laptops in Manhattan alone that are sitting in drawers and not being used such a huge wow. opportunity to take this and do something with it. But um, Monica, in your blog, your next section talks about, you know, what, what's, what's this mean for Google and Citrix? Why don't you cover that? Yeah, absolutely. I think what it means for Google and Citrix at the highest level is, you know, what we've covered, our continuous partnership, our um, commitment to innovation and commitment to giving our customers the best possible experience. So the overview from the Google side of what the enterprise recommended program is, is that these are these solutions are optimized specifically for Chrome OS. So obviously we have Windows, we have Linux, but on the Workspace app side, we've really optimized our Workspace solution for Chrome OS. Also, we benefit from the symbiotic partnership with Google. And then lastly, simplifies change management. So as Ben was saying, when if organizations want to move from you being strapped to desks, which I'm sure a lot of organizations have already done, to having Chrome devices or even Chrome OS on other devices, then we help kind of bridge that gap so that organizations can make that change more quickly. So it, it so Monica, really, is, yeah, go ahead. Let me, let me comment that. So I had my management team meeting this morning. Trevor on my team made probably 10 additional apps available to my team in Citrix workspace. So you log in. He said, oh, let me give you these apps. Boom, 10 more apps showed up. I said, Trevor, I need you to change the name. Oh, he changed the name, hit refresh. Boom, the entire organization had a new name for ServiceNow. 
Uh, at the same time, I went into the Google admin portal and I gave everybody the Teams, Microsoft Teams extension in their browser, and literally within probably 45 seconds, you know, we had, we had changed the way my entire organization was using technology. That's powerful. Very powerful. Absolutely. And I've heard a number of use cases where you there's a rack of Chromebooks, especially in schools, but even in offices, and you pick up a Chromebook and you log into your workspace and you have all of these updates that you're saying, Andy, already pushed out to you at the press of a username and password. Like that's that was unfathomable even just a few years ago. And so it's um, it is really powerful stuff. And especially I've heard a number of organizations getting I mean, COVID has been the great equalizer for technology and for life in general, but getting pallets and pallets of these Chromebooks and just shipping them out and getting their call centers working from home overnight. Like that's, yeah. that's unbelievable. And if it's not clear by now, I'm a massive Neverwhere fan. They, they ran out of Chromebooks. And so people started buying blank Lenovo's or whatever and putting, and putting, um, and putting Neverwhere on it. Um, that, that, was a, that was a massive uptick in the Neverwhere sales probably halfway through last year when they just ran out of Chromebooks. Absolutely. So, um, Bill, Ben, any questions or comments before we jump into the next section? Because we're going to get into the endpoint management piece that I that uh, Monica could probably talk about. Uh, I have one comment, Andy. This sounds a lot like what we did at my old employer where we went to the physical therapist and said, we're no longer giving you Windows laptops. We're now going to give you a very thin client laptop. And guess what? It'll work at your house, but it's going to work at your house to get you back into our Citrix environment if you need it to. Uh, this could be a very good security ploy for companies, you know, that you don't want to lock the employee down, but at the same time, you want to give the employee a device that you know is going to work for the customer, for the organization's need it's going to be secure and so i really see this being a good way to you know lighten up the load on on the burden of administration on the endpoint make a really nice easy thin uh, endpoint that can be easily managed by our management process i mean i this is becoming a no-brainer for me so, yeah, so Ben, let's go back in time real quick. Let's go back in time to when you, when you and I did that. We used iGel, and we there was a little bit of user education involved, right? Yeah. I mean, we had it to where it just booted up. It booted into the OS, and the next thing they did was they logged in, and that started their Citrix session. I mean, but, and the same thing can happen here. But, but at some point in that testing, we actually gave them a browser, and we gave them more of the whole OS, right? There was an evolution, right, what you and I did? Yeah. Yep. So – so two things to tie that back to Google. We were using iGel at the time. Well, iGel's latest operating system includes the Chromium Google Chrome browser. So imagine that world. If we had it, if we had that back then, we'd have that covered. And in the case of Neverwhere, we could have actually given an exact Chromebook experience where they'd had Chrome and they would have had the Chrome Web Store. So we could have added extra applications like the Teams extension, like I did for my team this morning. That is awesome. And the whole point there was. We didn't want to give them Windows because we didn't want to have to manage yet another Windows environment just to get into Citrix and the browser-based stuff. Well, I got I was able to get rid of you know AV licensing. I mean, there was a lot of things we were able to collapse in that scenario, and we were also to we were also able to leverage what pushed us to this is that we owned some Citrix licensing that we were not able to use, and this was a way for us to get that deployed out in the field. And it actually ended up saving us money because when we went back and looked at the Windows licensing, we were saving. The cost of the laptop, now we're buying a very, you know, cheap 
piece of equipment that if it dies, okay, you get a year out of it, great. You know, we'll, we'll go get another one off the shelf. It just it, re, it reduced complexity, helped me save some money, and helped me reutilize some licensing that I really hadn't purpose to begin with. It's a, it's a big picture conversation, right? I remember a few, several many years ago there was a, uh, a a manufacturer who made Windows-based thin laptops. I won't mention the manufacturer, but uh, those never really took off uh, because uh, sysadmins and engineers didn't want to have to manage the Windows operating system on a on a on a laptop device. It just did, that's why largely why it didn't take off. Not to mention the fact that price was pretty pretty steep. Uh, so here we are, you know, 10 years later or so, and uh, we've got the same experience, better experience probably, uh, coming from a thin laptop that's that's uh, very inexpensive and uh, and can be secured easily and managed easily. I, I can tell you guys that I never turn on my laptop. I never turn on my laptop unless I want to run VMware Workstation. The rest of my entire existence, I use Google operating systems <clears throat> with a Citrix virtual desktop in the background. So, Monica, I got a question for you since you're really geared into this. Uh, and this is going to take us, let's talk two, three, four, five years from now. I don't see the PC or the laptop being the device of use. And you're starting to see uh, Samsung come out with these foldable devices. I see all this going to pad. And obviously, we're, we're getting in the management of pad and all that. But do you have any idea of how the user experience could possibly change when you start going to more of a flat glass, touchscreen mobile device in this arena? Sure. No, great question. Do you mean specifically the user experience, like when touching the workspace or logging in or all of it? I'm thinking about more like today, a lot of apps are, are you know, very much keyboard driven and mouse driven, at least for me and my, my old workflow. But I do notice like my son, when he's dealing with his Google class, He's not using the keyboard and mouse. He's touching the screen, launching his class assignments by the screen. I mean, he'll have to do some things via the keyboard, but that's where I really see technology going. Uh, if any of y'all have watched the program Westworld and the device that they use, the device can be a phone or it can fold out to a tablet. They can dock it into a larger station. That's where I really see technology going, where it's more of a uh, – you know, instead of any device, it's the one device that I have that can do anything I need it to do. It can, it can be a phone, it can be a tablet, it can be a laptop, it can be a PC. But it's really just one device that I use full time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, I appreciate you bringing that up. And I'd say where we are today and looking into the future, um, I work very closely with our Workspace app client team. So every single Workspace app client, no matter the OS, has a different product manager on it, which ensures that every single cutting edge piece of technology that's happening on the device is happening within Workspace. So to tie that in with your question, I'm going to kind of switch over into Mac territory here. Don't tell on me. But we recently had some emerging technology with um, Apple, like, or iOS tablets, right? And being able to dock them and using a an iPad as your workstation. So I think that'll tie into as tablets or as phones become the devices of choice, we'll be able to support that within the Workspace app itself. So within the Workspace app, there's specific touch capabilities that you can use on the tablet. There's specific, um, you can, hook it up to another monitor, literally dock your tablet and go to a monitor. So are we there all the way yet? 
maybe not necessarily, but into the future, I think as technology progresses that way, we will definitely be in lockstep going in that direction. But no, I, I agree with you. That's where we're heading. Having one device that you can throw into your backpack or even like your handbag or something and then just do your work all day. So, so Monica, let me walk you through a couple things. I just want to, I want you to give a response back, you know, a couple of statements, a couple sentences. So Google, Google Cloud, Google GCP, right, and Citrix, what is, what is the story there? And again, we don't have time to go into long drawn out, but what's the story between Google Cloud and Citrix? Yeah, absolutely. So recently in our summit series in the um, fall of last year, we formally announced machine creation services on GCP. So okay. being able, so that's our provisioning services for the cloud. And so it's really, it, yeah. The, <laughs> the cloud applause, in the background screaming. Yeah, rings in the background, <laughs> rolling thunder applause here. Um, so I, I think there's not a lot I can say at this point, but I think our partnership on Google Cloud Platform with Citrix is really growing. The any cloud story with Citrix Cloud um, is really expanding, and you were bringing up all of the as-a-service happenings. I, I, I think we're headed in that direction with, with Google, too. Nothing to formally announce on my end at this point, but definitely in lockstep with Google or Citrix and GCP. And, and when it comes to workloads, there's definitely no competition between Windows workloads. Google doesn't want it, so they need Citrix to bring it to GCP and make Windows a reality in the Google world, right? Absolutely. Yes, I was at a, um, this isn't specifically Windows OS, but it's, um, you know, Windows applications. I was at a trade show. I don't know if any of us remember what a trade show is, but I was at the Google show in 2019 and I had someone come up to me and just asked me to launch Microsoft Word on a Chromebook and they're like huh didn't know you could do that and I was like okay <laughs> right it's obviously that is the most watered down simplistic version of what you're talking about but but yes if you are running any type of Windows OS or or Microsoft applications on on top of Google devices or on top of Chrome Enterprise then Citrix is the way to go. So go ahead, Ben. Ben or Bill, anything else on that one? So Monica, talk to me about Citrix and G Suite. Where do those two work together? Yeah, so I think that um, and G Suite, I believe, is now called Google Workspaces, which you know, workspace is the the million dollar word in the industry. So that that name has recently changed, but I, our story there is is most definitely security and also putting it, putting your Google Workspaces or G Suite applications in the same location as all of the other day-to-day -day applications that you need. So you can put the Citrix security parameters like, um, um, like watermarking or session recording or eventually app protection, those sort of security measures around the Google Workspace um, applications, but I think the, the biggest story, too, is just the amalgamation of all of the resources that you need in one spot. And and, and that's exactly right. And, and what Workspace does, it brings those Windows workloads, both desktop and app, and any SaaS app that you want into one place, potentially with single sign-on, one place to manage, 
that that is the Citrix desktop or workspace of the future, and that's going to include other workspaces like Amazon's and Google's and Microsoft's mm-hmm. all in one place. Mm-hmm. Extremely powerful. Ben, Bill, any thoughts on where SaaS fits into the Citrix Google story? Well, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there. A, a bigger picture of this is just the flexibility that our customers are going to have to be able to absorb all of these cloud platforms. So, you know, one of the things we talk to customers about is you don't want to get cloud lock-in. Yeah, having Azure is great, but if Azure is the only thing you have, you don't have a lot of leverage against them. So if you go to a platform like ours, you can participate in all of these cloud vendors. If you want to do a little GCP for a certain area of your business and Azure for another area of your business, but what you have the ability to do is you now can leverage any platform that you need to, and you can also report on those platforms. So I think that's the bigger picture for me is just having the flexibility of not being cloud locked into a specific vendor and me being able to control my own destiny of where my loads live. I would agree completely. Um, I was going to bring a very similar thing up. The fact that we can create multiple resource locations, whether it's a private cloud data center, whether it's GCP, whether it's AWS, doesn't matter. So that flexibility is going to be key uh, as we see things grow in the future. Absolutely. And the the plug for, you know, Citrix always here is the ability to manage that all within Citrix cloud. Absolutely. And and aggregating exactly. all of those resources, including um, DAS offerings as well, our desktops as a service offerings. Like you can aggregate cloud on-prem, manage desktops from one spot, and that's a powerful thing. Now, I want to make sure that I understand something, Monica, because I, I have not heard this before. We are going to have the ability to absorb and manage those G Suite applications. So we essentially could take those G Suite apps our uh, Google Workspace apps and present them in our Citrix Workspace that allow users to be able to absorb those as published applications? Yes, I, I believe they operate like any SaaS app, but Andy, oh. I see you so, <laughs> giving, so, a, giving a note so, here. Well, careful with the word published applications. Careful with the word published applications because a lot Fair. of Citrix people will take that and go old school on us. Fair. It's available, right? It could be it could be launching the local browser. It could be through a Citrix Secure Browser service. It could be through a true published browser session into those SaaS apps. The beautiful answer to that is yes, you get right. to pick. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and see, that's pretty powerful to me, especially in education. If you can go to education and go, hey, you've got these Windows apps you're having to deploy. Now you've got your G your Google Workspace apps that you need to deploy, we can aggregate those all into one interface. That's really cool. One interface, Google, uh, Citrix Workspace, and one set of credentials. You can do it right. So I'll give you guys a single sign a on quick as example. Well. So I'm, I'm responsible for doing customer success calls as Integra, among other things. And I'm on with a, um, I'm on with a company the other day, and, and the Citrix admin was – you know, one of those guys been around Citrix forever. He knew everything about Citrix, but he knew legacy Citrix, right? And then his boss jumped on and said, well, I just wish Citrix could do this. And I'm like, hold on. I share my screen. I log into Workspace. I show him my Workspace with the apps and the desktops and the real-time action items and, and potential analytics. And he goes, yeah, that's exactly what I want. And, and what the, it would have never happened had two things. Had the boss not jumped on who really understood what the business was trying to do, and had I not had the ability to actually show off my own dog food, you know, drink my own champagne, the minute I showed him that, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I want Citrix to be. I, I don't need desktops anymore. I do, but it's only a fraction of what I need. I need something like like this. And then I showed it to him. I was like, yeah, exactly like that. That's, that's awesome. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you for championing that. Championing that? Yeah, there we go. Because um, absolutely, there's there's a lot of new and old Citrix users out there, but especially the, the people that know legacy Citrix thinks X is what we do, right? That we, we publish these applications, but there's so much more to this story now. Uh, yeah, it is. It, that's, that's, a, that's a people thing where you're trying to get past... You know, it's a guy that has to think he knows everything. And, and Bill and I have done this for 25 years as our primary job in, like, hundreds of organizations. Um, you know, sometimes a, a visual or a demo is worth a thousand words versus just trying to get somebody to help know the difference between VDI and server-based desktops. Right. Yeah, get, Citrix doesn't belong in a box at all at this point. Got to get past that. Mm-hmm. So, Monica, my third one for you, and there's probably more, but Google, Google Chrome devices and Neverware devices and Citrix, where do those two stories come together? Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, I think it's, it's everything that we've talked about up to this point. It's having a, a high-quality, secure endpoint that it might not break the bank, that gets your users every resource that they need by simply logging into to Citrix workspace. I mean, something that's been kind of timely here is um, having the, the Chromebook actually just celebrated its 10th birthday. So in 2011, can't believe that was 10 years ago, that that's when the Chromebook came out. And Citrix Receiver was the first enterprise application on the Chromebook, published on Chromebooks. So... Hmm. The fact that we have been doing this for, for that long and that our users have been able to get up and running for that long is, is truly exceptional. And then also we, we have the point of Citrix Endpoint Management. So that's our, our CEM product line. And the fact that you can not only add extra security protocol on top of what is offered within Chrome Enterprise, but you can put all of the devices that you've deployed with your within your environment under the CEM umbrella and manage them all from the CEM console. So regardless of if you have majority Chromebooks, but also you have other thin clients, other laptops, other phones within your environment that you need to manage, you can do that all within one space. But specifically to the Chrome story, you can add extra security protocol on top. So did oh, that cover Monica, your... Where you're going, Andy? It, it does. Uh, how, how would that work? Would I still use Google Chrome OS management in their cloud and then bolt Citrix endpoint management to it, or would I just move everything to Citrix endpoint management? I believe you still use both. I will admit that um, another team member of mine is the, the CEM person, Jonathan Campos. I think he'd love to chat you off all day about this one, too. Um, I believe you manage from from both locations, but you manage all devices from the CEM console. Okay. Yeah, I'll try to find a blog for Jonathan. So, Ben, I, you got excited about that a while ago, and we kind of came back around to it. But using Citrix Endpoint Management, SIM, or whatever we call it, CEM, um, using that for all different devices, and including the Chrome devices, I mean, you had some thoughts on that a while ago, and we kind of went away from it, but now we're back to it. What, what, what thoughts do you have? Oh, well, like my old environment, you know, I, I had multiple of devices and Google was, you know, fastly becoming part of that. And so the ability with CEM to manage Apple, 
windows, chrome, I mean, all of that just in one pane of glass, is that, that's a benefit to me. And then also, if you're responsible for reporting how these things are being used, if the administration comes to me and goes, you know, tell me how many iOS devices out there and who owns these iOS devices, who's responsible for them, or being able to update these devices, you know, you see all the time where vulnerabilities come out, and now you're having to uh, react. And if you have an inventory of what you've got out there and you have ability to manage it, it just makes it easier on the administration. What I think Citrix is really doing a good job here is there's giving you the ability to flatten out your administration across multiple device types. And there's not a lot of products that can do that. From the cloud side, being able to manage multiple cloud products, and now being able to manage multiple devices with our CEM product, I mean, it's just a, it just becomes more of a win-win and a no-brainer for our customers. Because yeah, the alternative, right, is you got to you got to adopt, you got to be limited, or you got to adopt all Google devices, right? And and that's a really hard thing to do. So a product that can manage a plethora of devices and different platforms, while helping you get the benefits of you know what's in the normal uh, device management. I mean, that, that's where this has all been going for a long time, and it's, it's interesting to see it finally come full circle. I mean, Ben talked about a while ago, those foldable devices, well, that's probably not going to run Windows, so we need something that can manage all that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, Andy, if you could find an organization that would allow you just to use one device type, that would be a godsend. I've worked for a couple, and I've never been able to get that magic formula in there. Right. Yeah, I've, I've never found... I've never found one. I mean, you might use iOS, but then you use Windows, or you might use Mac, or then you use something else, and it's it, it, it's just not realistic. There's not one size never fits all best. Yeah, yeah. And what's so then, if you were to do, I was going to say, as go those, ahead, those sizes have changed over the years, Sam has expanded and adapted to encompass them. So when I I got involved with Sam with Sam, it was known as the newly named Zen Mobile uh, after the acquisition, and it, it managed, it managed. I think it even managed some other, some like some really old or, or trucking type devices that it could manage. But primarily, it was focused on iOS and Android uh, at the time. That was the focus. So it was mobile device management, and of course now it's expanded and now it can manage Windows. It can manage Mac OS. Of course, it can always manage the iOS, but now iPad OS, uh, and of course now Chromebooks. And so to, to Ben's point, the ability to have a single single interface or single environment that can manage all these devices, uh, I, I would imagine we'll see it continue to expand uh, versus via this partnership and beyond as we see additional device types introduced. It's very powerful. You know, this is, this is your alternative. I was talking to a customer the other day and we were talking about firewalls and they've got about four different firewalls in their environment. And I asked them, I was like, you know, how hard is that to manage across, you know, your enterprise, and they said it's extremely difficult because what they've had to do is they have to have specific specialists for each one of those firewalls. So not one person knows all four firewalls. They've got people that know these specific firewalls. And so I go back to what if you had all these devices and you didn't have something like Citrix Endpoint Management to manage it? Now you're having to go into the Apple management platform, the Google management platform. The, I mean, you, now you're looking at three different panes of glass, and guess what? I doubt that one person is going to be an expert in all three panes of those glass. So again, to flatten that out, throw it in CEM and be done with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, think about the onboarding and offboarding efforts in that example oh you just God. gave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, so take the CEM part 
bolt it to the workspace and SaaS story, and then bolt that Citrix into GCP, Google and Citrix probably have the most holistic, non-competitive story on the market. Yeah, I agree. Totally. All right, so Monica, we've covered your blog, I believe. We've kind of got through it a roundabout way. Um, what else would you want our listeners to know about what you're doing within the Citrix Google world and what Citrix and Google are doing together? Absolutely. I just want customers to stay excited and to try it out. And also, there's there's a lot to come on the horizon with, with Citrix and Google. So So keep an eye out on our blog site. Keep an eye out on, you know, any upcoming events that we have just really driving home our strengthening partnership and having that badge of being Chrome Enterprise recommended and, and hunting for that when you're choosing solutions. And then um, lastly, just keeping in mind when you're looking at Citrix, that hybrid story. If you want to walk into the Chrome Enterprise universe or leverage GCP, but maybe you also have an Azure presence or an AWS presence to, to really keep Citrix in mind to be able to, to manage everything that you need across the board from a single location. Yeah. I think one of the interesting things about Citrix as a company, right, they're trying to be involved. They're trying to add value across the spectrum of different vendors. But unlike the other vendors, they're not trying to take over for everybody else. And I think that's, that's a, that to me says partnership. Mm -hmm. That's a big sign of partnership when somebody's trying to add value across the board and not trying to be the, 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 the key play that owns it all. Do you guys remember when VMware told Microsoft they were going to put them out of business 10 years, 20, 15 years ago? Yeah, don't do that. That's a bad thing to do. Right. All right. Yeah. Ben, ben Rogers, anything uh, around this topic or other topics you'd want to highlight before we kind of end this one? No, I think our I think our guests for being on today. I've learned a lot. This has excited me, especially as I forge off into trying to, you know, crack the healthcare nut. Uh, this is exciting information. This brings some information to me that I can share with CIOs and CISOs and go, you know, there, there's a there's another way to do this if you want to try to get really skinny on the endpoint and secure your endpoint in one pane of glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Bill, anything else? Uh, I would thank Monica as well, and uh, I'm looking forward to what's next. So um, I'll be keeping my eye on the blog site like I normally do. And as you guys might have already seen, I've already reached out to Jonathan about the CEM and Google story and joining us in the future for another podcast. So I'm, you know, in triple Andy fashion, I just have to go very serial and just get it done. So we're getting it done. Right. No, it's it's always a pleasure to be here. I, I thank all three of you for the great conversation, adding your insights today, um, really fleshing out the the holistic view of the, the Citrix plus Google story. So always a great time to be here. I hope to be back someday soon. So, so Monica, I'll say I'll probably say what I said to you last time, and I'm I'm glad I found your blog and asked you to join us. But when you write anything, ping us and and ask, and we more than likely we're going to want you on. Uh, they've been great conversations. So as you're releasing your blog, let us know so that we don't miss it. Sounds great. We'll do. Thank you all. All right, guys. Thank you for the time.